You're listening to The Skateboarding Show. I am Mark, so I'm Mark. Um, I am the general manager of uh, Liberalist Skate. Um, and uh, and I'm... What, what, am I, what am I doing on this podcast, mate? Well, one of the things is, is that uh, you very kindly um, offered to help us after I contacted you just in terms of uh, doing some commentary around one of our events. Really great to talk to you about it, and uh, it's great to get some exposure for Liberalist Skate as well. Yes, well, yes, we'll come on to that in a bit, but I want to, I want, I definitely want to hear some more about Liberalis. So, um, but I also need to hear some more about you first. Are you prepared okay. to divulge maybe even an age bracket? It doesn't need to be specific. Um, dude, I'm 52. 50. 50, dude, I'm 52. I don't mind mentioning it. I'm 52. I am what I am. 50. And, uh, uh, sorry, 50, so, 50 what? 52, mate. 52, okay, right, okay. Yeah, the 53 comes in January. Right, okay. So 52. So on Capricorn. And, okay. So you, we, we, we've talked before, we had a conversation before, and you were explaining that you, you skated. When, when did you skate? Right, so um, I first got, if I go back to the very beginning, yeah. um, I was very fortunate. My parents had um, a furniture business and had these warehouses over a vast amounts of floor space. And the very first thing um, you, I kind of did was grab some wood. And you know the wood that they used to move sofas around in the warehouses, in the stores? Right. Then and they had the wobbly wheels on them. So I used to spend quite a lot of time um, on my knees, battering around on those, and I used to try and stand on them, whatever else, with the wobbly wheels. And then uh, when I was eight, my dad bought me my first skateboard, and it's one of those, uh, it was a quite a thick plastic, or bright orange thing, um, and it had uh, just, just one tail, that was it, and uh, some soft wheels, and I used to batter down hills outside our house. Um, and then there was, a, there was a small scene in the town I was from in the in the Midlands, I come from a, a Midland town called Rootley, which is... Uh, an old farming market town. And um, so a group has got together. We used to jump over Dulux paintings, all those sort of things, uh, setting up ramps and stuff like that. And then, uh, so it went from there, really. And then I'm, um, I, I, I then bought a, with my pocket money, which I saved up, I bought, um, it was quite a horrible, really thick plywood old skateboard and I swapped my wheels around it and things like that. And at those times, I used to make my own bikes as well. So I used to go down to the tip and go and buy old old mountain bikes. There was something called a rally bomber at the time, which was one of the first style rally bikes. And so I sort of made bikes, I kind of started putting together my own boards and things like that. And um, so I was more that scene rather than any other sport, really. Right. So okay. I carried on from when I was eight all the way until I was in, in my late teens. Um, but then I got into different sports, you see. So once you start getting into different sports, I always had a skateboard with me, but I was more in the mountains then, mountain climbing, biking, skiing, and things like that. Um, but it all, but what I started doing better when I was just in my early teens, I suppose, was started making my own skateboards as well. So rather than, um, if because I think the way it was pointed out to me was as well, you've, done, you've only had that skateboard for five minutes and you want another one. 
<laughs> the only way I could do was was to start to get plyboard and plywood or a bit of what we call mahogany, which was left over, and start to shape it into into boards myself and used to stick trucks on there and and give it a go, you know. Right. Um, and, I, and, and I took that into my older times when I started making bikes. So I started making bikes legit. Um, when I got my bikes, we did a bike mechanic course and things like that and started making frames and wheels and things like that um and then uh, then i got back into making uh hardcore skateboards um so that was actually hand pressing them as well so getting getting the maple uh you know and uh, using the epoxy and and pressing them and shaping them and things like that you know um and so that, that never left me really because um with the sport i was doing which was climbing um, in the end, um, I always felt that climbing, those sort of free sport type things all go together. Um, right. I said, which is until in the end, which is why, uh, you know, fast forwarding a little bit, Brett, um, I sort of was a major in manufacturing uh, skateboards now. Yeah, yeah. When did, so when did, well, there's, there's a bit, so is there a bit of a gap then? There's clear, is, yeah, how, how big is the gap between sort of those late teen years and you starting Liberalis and what what were you doing during that time? So I started, uh, so there's probably a probably a 15 year gap in general because um, I raised up to have my family, you know, yeah. so I had a family, I was in work, um, racing around uh, the country and things like that. Um, but I was still finding a lot of time for mountain climbing, um, which is what the passion was. Um, and then it was only, if you fast forward a little bit, it was always at the back of my mind. I always wanted to do my own thing. I wanted something tangible. And that definitely comes back from the times when I spent in the furniture factory with my parents. Right. Because they had something which was, there was nothing I loved better for all the corporate stuff. There was nothing better than I liked them working on the vans, being on the vans with the lads, working in that, get, getting in the mix. And I'll never forget uh, work, you know, riding on those furniture trolleys. And uh, so it goes back to that where, for me, a real, a real job, as it were, a real, a real thing was something tangible. And I felt that the furniture, which my parents used to, they used to. Um, make furniture as well and um, the, the furniture used to make or and or provides the vans all of those sort of things are very tangible and, and and my corporate work has been the opposite to that in, intangible so in other words it's more digital technologies and finance technologies and banking technologies and things and that to me is not it's not just not a ten, tangible thing for me so it has to be something i can touch and so, so it was then... always something that was in build with me but when you say tech, are you are you sort of building that tech? Are you writing program? Are you writing script? Are you writing code? No, don't, no, don't do that. So I'm a specialist in understanding it, but I deliver it. So it's about getting getting other people to do it. Right. Okay. <laughs> so it's more management, and and that's the thing. It's it's corporate management, which uh, which has been great, by the way. But it's not tangible in that sense. You know, yeah. your 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 buildings. You don't own any IP. You you know, and those sort of things, and you work in. Well, yeah, I was got sense, which is great because it's it's helped my family out. But it's again, it's something that I would rather drive a wagon. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, one day I was uh, walking through the village I was living in at the time with my lad, and this was um, back in uh, two thousand and nine, even two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. In two thousand and eight, 
um, I had some success because I'd um, uh, helped create um, the leadership around contactless. That did that digital, the digital thinking around um, having no no card. So being able to you know be able to pay things through wow. uh, through wearables and things like that. Yeah. And um, uh, anyway, so that was that was. I've just come off the back of a project like that, and. Um, I was talking to, to my lad and I said, do you know what? I've always wanted to build bikes, build um, snowboards, perhaps skateboards again, and have clothing, which sort of brings it all together. Um, because I was still in the scene and I, was still, I still love mountains, I still love climbing, I still like skiing, you know, all those things. And it was just something which I felt I was ready to start looking at again, especially as the lads are growing up a bit. So, um, so it, was, it became a bit of a why it's just a eureka moment one day and so um so you know i started uh, testing some stuff out again started building some bikes again uh started uh you know whilst i was still working so this was going into the evenings and then what i was doing was i was making i was just making skateboards for for folks and then what i decided to do was just to you know so using some sort of uh, old wood press you know, which somebody, which uh, my mate had given me, he'd lived in Bulgaria at the time and he, and he gave me that, that was Zan. And then it was just a case of, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look for the scale. And so I spent the next, I would say, five years looking for a partner in order to be able to, well, I, I want to produce the best skateboards you can buy in the world. I'm not interested in producing okay skateboards or anything like that, I'm really interested in producing the best quality I possibly can. So I spent five years trying to find the best partner in order to be able to do that. And I managed to do that, which was, I was really chuffed with it. And I generally believe that. So the outcome now is, is um, I wanted to try all different types of themes, uh, different types of graphics all the time, you know, try and keep things fresh. Uh, really learn what people wanted to ride, what what really does turn people on now, what turns them off, and that's because that's really important. It's not about me; it's about the uh, the community that it provides. That it, it really services. But I wanted to build and provide the best decks in the world. I was, was going to say, um, what what for you then defines the best skateboard that you could build? One that um, one that's built out the best materials which provides a really good pop and lasts the distance. Because the problem is, is that sometimes you get decks, and, and by the way, some of the decks I have, you know, you can't help it, they, they, they do break, don't they? Yeah. But the vast majority of the time, what you, you want at least get guys, get guys and girls to be able to use these things for a little while longer than a week or a couple of weeks. You know, you want them to, you don't want them to tail out, you want them to really be lasting the distance to wear in to you know for, and i'd rather that people were swapping the decks out because the graphics were knackered rather than that they tailed out beyond recognition and, and so that's been a bit of a, a trial and error in order to be able to get the right quality um but my the, the decks we you know i produce now are definitely lasting the distance we've got some hardcore riders on these things and they're you know they're the lasting resistance now, which means that you know the, the cost, the cost on the ground for uh, for everybody who's using them is a lot less because the decks are lasting longer. Right. And that uh, to me, that to me is a successful outcome, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. If that's yeah, 
if that's what you're looking to achieve and that's your objective, then yeah, it's a successful outcome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, 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 it's always been a funny thing. This, the, the, the physical skateboard, just the, just the board, just the plank with all the advances in technology that we've had over the last, you know, since, since the mid seventies, uh, outside of skateboarding, you know, all, all the, all the wondrous, incredible things we've done. There are, there are still many people who claim that that the only thing you can make a skateboard out of is seven layers of maple wood glued together. So, do, I mean, without it, without giving away any company secrets, is there any particular thing that makes your boards last longer than, or or, or makes them last longer? Yeah, I think there's two things. Um, one of which wouldn't be unique and one of them would be. So what's well, not necessarily unique, but you have to know which wood you're getting. Right. You know, and it matters, and it matters where it's grown. Right. And it also matters what temperature it's grown in. Wow. The, okay. and, the, and the second thing is the, is the glue. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, but if you think, think about the wood, that's... That's the be all and end all. I, I was wondering if you were going to say the glue because many years ago when I first started doing all this stuff, I um, was lucky enough to go and spend some time with Ken and Joel at a third foot skateboard, which I'm not even sure if they're still going anymore. But um, Ken, Ken took me round. And he was prepared to show me absolutely everything. And I had my recording stuff going and it was brilliant. Except for when it came to the glue. He said, you can see the glue, but I'm not going to tell you what's in it. Because that is our company secret. That's the thing that separates all the board companies. Is what glue they use to, to put these seven layers of, of wood together. Yeah. So... Secret sauce. Right. Okay. Okay. Nice. I like that. I like that. And it was, it was, it was fascinating to me. And I'm sure you've you've looked into this. I'm sure you understand understand this a lot better than I do. That he was using hundred ton presses, and he said at that sort of pressure, uh, or I believe that's what he was using. I might have misremembered that that sort of figure, but he said at that sort of pressure, the 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 glue is sort of combining the layers of wood together on a molecular level is that something that you also do you have an understanding that's right. of, is that that's right yeah. is it yeah wow and hence yeah. and hence why that brand new board feels like one piece of wood rather than seven pieces of wood put together yeah indeed and what it's, it's quite funny really if you're thinking about uh uh layers layers of wood like that and the difference so and it's a part of the difference is also the weight isn't it as well and it's funny really you can put two balls side by side and yet one will feel a lot heavier than the other and yet it's technically gone through the, the same process and that's how you start to get the difference so the difference then becomes the type of pop you get with the wood yes how does that how does that concave work so with a particular type of wood and a particular type of mold and a particular type of pressing 
um, you, you know, you get a, you get a different outcome. There's only a certain type of concave that you could probably work with, you know, with a with a slightly different wood. Um, and the other thing is 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 um, what's also important, as I say, is the longevity. But one of the things I have noticed is, is that um, there is um, some option to put uh, um, other materials within within the, the fabric of the skateboard as well. But what that what tends to happen with that is that you'll you'll end up a bit like carbon. So if you put carbon in or something, what happens is is that you get a much stiffer board. But it depends what your what your goals are. Because what you might do is you, you might use you might use your deck to go cruising a bit. You might be less interested in going vert. So therefore, you know, having something else between the between the ply might make some sense. You get some longevity within it, you know carbon's quite light and things like that um so it doesn't matter I'm, I'm all for it you know that, that sort of technology and i think there's there's room within the market for all different types of materials don't get me wrong but it depends what you want to do but ultimately it, it, you know tried and tested and all those sort of things there's a reason why maple works the way it does um, the other thing I think to consider about maple, of course, is is how sustainable it is. It's, I think it's it's not the most sustainable wood in the world, but I think it's it's the second. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember what the first one is now. Is it Elm? I can't, can't, can't remember. Um, but it's the second most sustainable wood on the planet. It um it, it one of the reasons for that is is because the the the, the, the frequency of growth it can grow really quickly. Um, um you have to. Um, rather than leaving wood alone, you know, because there could be an argument to say, why would we use wood? You know, just use plastics now. And even if you don't want to use plastics, use another composite material. But again, there is a requirement in order to, to, to mill wood anyway. You have to clear, not totally clear forest, but you, you can, you know, you pick every other tree because you need to allow wildlife to sustain itself. You need um plant life to sustain itself and to grow and sunlight to get in there and things like that so you you have an element of of having to chop wood anyway and so therefore you know with maple what you can do with that is you can build it you can mill it really well you can store it really well and um, but it's also really sustainable because once you plant you just replant right and then um and then again you know you've got a much you know if you're trying to use oak or something like that you might you have to wait 50 years and that's the difference, you know. That's why it's such a sustainable word, and it's uh, it's also it's also um, there's plenty of it. Just just briefly coming back to the manufacturing process, and again, it might be a trade secret that you're not willing to divulge, and that's completely understandable. What's your viewpoint, and what's your what's what 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 do you do with uh, how many you stack into a press at any one time? Because I know that's that that's something that I know. Uh, I heard I've heard somewhere on the grapevine, possibly I think on an interview with Day One Song, that he wants like the third deck down in the press, because for him that's got the right concave that he wants. Uh, how he knows whether or not he's getting that, I don't. I don't know whether he stands at the press going that one, please, thank you. But like, um, yeah. Again, again, that was something that was talked about. You know, I'm only going on. I'm only going on some information that I've heard from one manufacturer so far. I've also well, heard... we re yeah, no, we, we we removed the top and bottom, um, but it depends again what press you're using. So sorry, um, say that again. You removed the top and bottom. 
practice to get rid of the top and bottom boards i don't i don't know but what what makes i honestly, you... I honestly don't know dude honestly it's just something which i just felt was the right thing to do is it because the concave was too deep or too shallow or because no i just didn't want um it was just one of those things which was listen those the top deck and the bottom deck might be perfectly okay you know and you know every single deck is 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 quality check beyond recognition almost and i've never found a problem with the top and the bottom deck i just do it wow okay <laughs> okay um and it just gets remilled so it's not it's not wasted it just you just remill it you know and it's fine but um i always do that anyway wow okay and um but the what's really important is is that um there are various things there are various presses that you can get and, uh, and you're quite right about uh, really getting that molecular structure within the, the wood itself for the integrity and um so we use a, a, a concrete based press so and one of the reasons for that is as well it it really provides a top quality concave and what you're not going to get is you're not going to get a, degre a degradation right. uh, from the press which is then reflected back into the deck okay so what you get is is a you get a lot of longevity there so you know, if you want to have the same shape in the same way with the same same weight and the, the same integrity, then uh, leveraging the concrete presses is uh, is the way to go as far as I'm concerned. Nice. Yeah, you're getting a lot of consistency. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's consistent. Nice. Yeah, you don't get any you don't get any any um, damage to the like you know say say you're doing a, a medium to high. Or, or steep concave on your deck, you know, you, you're going to ensure that it's exactly the same. Nice. And what do, do you have? Do you have a selection of concaves, or do you just, or do you run one concave for all your different? Sports? No, run. So yeah, so um, for, for Liberalis, we, we do two concaves. And funny enough, I'm thinking of doing a third one. So so we do a medium concave, but we'll do the medium concave. Um, probably on a wider footing because um you tend to what I tend to find is is um very quickly those who are getting pretty used to you know they might be riding an eight or an 8.25 and they've got a medium concave they're going cooks can't quite get the pop i wanted and um, quite quickly you'll move to a medium a medium to high concave anyway so the our default is a medium to high concave right um, and then I'm thinking about doing a, 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 a like a high total, a total high concave, um, and calling and for, for, for our elite riders, and that would just give them just that little bit of edge. It, you tend to find that the high concaves with a hard wheel tend to be a bit unstable, so you're going to have to be, you know, grab, grab your grab your balls and stuff like that and, uh, and get down there. But um, they can be a little bit unstable, but. Um, yeah, I think an elite deck would be probably, you know, I don't mind showing that with you, Brett. Um, I've got one in, in train anyway coming out soon. Um, and I'd just go for somebody who's a bit, bit more rad, wants to go for a bit more 
um, wants to maybe try a bit of a more of an outlandish trick, um, you probably might find a high. Might be a bit difficult to handle, but I think it should be okay. Um, but I, I think that the perfect the perfect spot is that medium to high concave, probably on an eight point two five in a popsicle, if that's yeah. what you're going to be doing. Um, other than that, I would go with um, with an eight and a half, probably in the shovel nose. Um, and what you tend to find is certainly over in Australia as well, by the way. So in Australia, they seem to be riding quite wide decks. And I noticed that even probably four years ago when I was over there. And um, but you tend to find folks that go in what eight, eight and a half, eight, seven, five, even nines. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, build a nine in a shovel nose, but I'll probably do that in a cruiser and just have them um, have some sort of cruise deck with just with just what with just one tail, you know, and have that. <clears throat> so you probably have your cruiser and probably have your popsicle. Probably that that be the sort of scene. I would say I, I've um, been I've been really surprised about seven years ago I about seven eight maybe even nine years ago I I bought like a shaped nine inch wide board because we suddenly had a, a big indoor skate park open near us which was quite transition based so in, in Stroud Rush Skate Park and I was like okay well I'm clearly going to be doing some more transition skateboarding so let's get get a big old wide board and let's let's get on some of that and what i thought was a big old wide board at nine um shaped definitely not a cruiser just a shaped skateboard i don't mind that expression cruiser but it does get misused quite a lot by some young people yeah. who don't quite understand it like a lot of people looked at my board and went oh you got a cruiser i was like no it's a skateboard but it's just not shaped like yours that's all like for those of us that are over like 18 months old you little fetus we understood that <laughs> this is what it came from but um and i and i can say that because no one under no one under 25 is listening to a podcast about skateboarding so it's fine so um but but um and and what what i found and then i went through a, a bunch of different shapes i really liked the um anti-hero green giant shape that was really nice square tail but they always they always taper towards the tail, and what I've settled on is I found a couple of people that do that do actually do a, a nine inch wide pop shape, and I was like, ah, oh, this I think this is where it's at because it's yeah. parallel railed. I've got that extra bit of wood underneath my back foot where I want it. It's not a square tail, but that's fine. I can still pop it for the for the you know the last remaining years that I'm going to be doing ollies and jumps, um, but it but it just feels like a nice bit of wood under my feet and it doesn't it's not it's not skit it's not skittish in any way, yeah. Um, uh, and it just it just seems to work and and I've been pleasantly surprised by how many, including some younger people actually are like yeah yeah i've tried a nine pop and actually it's really nice it it it, it sort of works but i can see you know it's i i completely acknowledge that that's a, a very few amount of people i think like you say that eight two five that eight and a half there's your sweet spot that's where that's your yeah. that's your money spot that's where that's what everyone's riding at the moment we all know that yeah you know? yeah we, we sell we sell more eight two, eight two fives than anything yeah 
Yeah. Sometimes I get worried about, oh, Christ, I've got eight here, you know, what am I going to do? And then suddenly you, you come across somebody who's right, still riding seven and a half or seven point seven. I'm like, come on, guys, you know, you need to, you might find that you'll, you'll get much more comfort out of something a bit wider. But yeah, so the, the eight, the eight two fives are our yeah. main, main seller for sure, definitely. Um, that, what wheels are you using? I, well, I think we all know that there are only two brands of wheels, and that's Spitfire and Bones, isn't it? I didn't, I didn't know there was any other brand of wheels. Is there? I didn't, is nah. there is they're, the, they're the ones that count, eh? So, what, what have you got on them? Uh, are you using a soft compound or? No, 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 no. I'm riding, I'm riding um, Bones 58 mil P5 shape uh, SPFs. Nice, nice. So rock hard. But you've got to go ride them on some concrete before you ride them in, on wood. Don't take them brand new onto wood. Bad idea. Just slip. Yeah. Go t- go scuff them up a little bit on some concrete, and then they're sweet for everything. So far I've as I'm a, uh, I forgot what it's called now. It's one of those little handheld tools, and you to whack it on and uh, and sort of sand it down a little bit. Or you could, yeah, you could do a bit of that. Or you could tremble. Yeah, or you just go find a concrete bowl and just shrub around a couple of times. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But that's my that's my favourite terrain anyway. So like, I'm all about concrete bowls at the moment. <clears throat> um, probably for about the last again six seven years or so since I got into a little yeah. tranny. Yeah, like I'm all about like concrete waves and bath bowl and yeah anything else I can anything that's deep and fast and hard. Um, you're getting into mud territory yeah. when you get on you because um, that was that was where remember the dogs were and stuff like that it was just that's what it was all about you know we tended to find quite a lot of that um, we've got um, we live in Borrington and uh, and it tends to be there's a lot of municipal uh uh, concrete bowls around a place called Orford, for example. They've got an excellent one there. Actually, it's one of the, a little bit underrated, and I, I think it's an excellent one. Uh, Victoria Park is also another uh, great place for folks to go to. That's a really outstanding outdoor place. That is, mm. um, and of course, then we've got Ramp One, which is the indoor, the indoor place as well. There's sort of three, three uh, sort of sections to that. Really, uh, you've got your sort of street skate. You've got your area where you can go for if you want, and then you've got uh, some rails and stairs and steps and stuff like that, you know, um, like back in the day. Um, so that's quite a decent place as well. So we're fortunate to have that sort of thing. But yeah, I'm a mad fan of uh, old Rodney Mullen, I must say. Yes, yes. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, I you know, I'm a, I'm a product of the 90s. I grew up on like those first three Plan B videos watching Rodney do stuff that just like blew our mind. We were just like, what is he doing? And then, yeah. and, and 30 years on, you know, there's still nobody doing that stuff. It's just, as a, you know, he's doing lines in those first three Plan B videos that people, that it just like casually throwing out these lines on basketball courts, like they're nothing, that people still can't replicate today. Yeah. You know? I'd pay good money yeah. to see somebody try and replicate some of those lines of tricks that he puts together. Um, and, and the way he sort of effortlessly, you know, integrates some pretty hardcore freestyle moves into that stuff. And it's like, yeah, you know what, Rodney, I'll give you that. Like, like for all the cliches about them being dorks and that, 
Like you, you've made that look good. You've made that look cool. It's as simple yeah. as that. And it's yeah, all there's and, a real there's a real skill to it, you know, yeah, Brett. Like yeah. playing the guitar. Folks just think, uh, oh, that that was cool. I'll give it a go and then fall over. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, for sure. the, you know, you've got to practice and practice and practice. Funny you mentioned that. I'm staring right at mine right now, but we'll come to that. That's another thing. This is the skateboarding show, not the not the nineties cliche <laughs> show. Not the nineties <laughs> cliche show, no. Not that. Not, oh, oh! You play guitar and skateboard. Oh my god! Dude, I haven't got the fingers for it. My fingers haven't evolved for such things. Just um, couldn't do it. Yeah, and and I mean, just briefly, it's it's also I also find it amusing, and and this this is pertinent to you actually. It's also a you know, it's all well and good, like oh, freestylers. Yeah, mm, they owned all the skateboard industry for most of the nineties, and all the brands that you think are cool pretty much came from freestyle skateboarders so yeah yeah don't take the mix yeah. too much yeah like it, it amazes me kids today are just like freestyles rubbish as they stand there with their like blind skateboard and their tensile trucks <laughs> and their globe shoes it's just like dude you know all of those brands came from a freestyle skateboarder right like what are you on about what are you even why are you vibing on that when none of that stuff would exist if if the freestylers didn't come along and go, right, it's our turn now. Now we're going to do it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I just find a lot of synergy between um, BMX in as well. Um, yeah. Uh, we've obviously got a new a new train now with the scooters, and they're great to see in line coming back as well. I've got a great respect for all those sports, but the thing that brings it all together is that trial and error that practice that chilling yourself on the floor uh you know the the um the 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 pride of the wounds you might have on your elbows and things like that all of those sports regardless you know and i know this is about we're talking about skateboarding but there is some synergy between all of that from the scene of of where it came from why why that happened to close the wearing the social and community groups therein there's there's a lot of synergy there, mm. and um, so you know I take my hat off to all of them really, um, which is why I'm pleased to see you know down at the down at Rampong, which is where the um, which is where that that's the indoor park over in Warrington. There, you've got inline BMXing and scootering going on, and it's great to see. Yes, you know, but and, and they all have, but guess what? Guess where it all started? Guess where all the clothes came from? Yeah. Guess guess where the rad the rad stuff came from? Guess where the um, the the injuries and the, the filming came from. Yeah. But it's right, it's right back from freestyle, like you said. That's exactly where it was. Well, you know, you know the story, just briefly, I'm sure people know this. I might keep this in, I might not. But you know the story of, like, Stacey Peralta. Like, he, he made the first Bones video to ship out to shops so they could play it in the shops and promote the Powell products. And then all of a sudden he started getting phone calls from the shop owners going, uh, can we have 50 more copies of that video, please? And he's like, what happened to that one that I sent you just to play on the TV in the shop? Oh, all the kids want a copy. We've, we've, like, we've ruined that one copy you gave us by copying it. Now we need some actual proper copies. He's like, what are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, yeah, the kids want a, the kids want a copy to watch at home. And he's like, uh, okay then. So he didn't... He didn't like have an idea of like I'm gonna make a skate video. He just tried to make a promotional video to promote Powell products. 
yeah. not even the riders. And all the kids were like, that's amazing. I want to take that home and watch it repeatedly. Yeah, brilliant. He accidentally made the skate video. Like, <laughs> that's mental. That is mental. You're listening to Brett on The Skateboarding Show. Your mother won't like it. Talking of that, right, so talking of that, so, Liberalis, do you, what's, do you have a team at the moment? Do you, do you, do you give some guys some free boards and get them out there? And... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And without them, um, we wouldn't have been able to keep going. That was the one thing that was that was very apparent right from the very you know if it, you if you um, go to company's house certainly in the UK and you type in skateboards right you, you, they start at A and work them all the way through to Z and there's hundreds of um, hundreds of folk who have got you know got a dream about it and um, they're trying to do something about it it's loads and the point being is 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 that um, it, whether you like it or not and this is any advice to anybody who wants to start up there own brand you do have to provide decks to people to test them out to try and to ride them to do videos and it's a great period of time now isn't it with people videoing all the time and clipping oh, and stuff yeah, like that yeah. and, and so it's, it's a fantastic time and you have to do that anyway and that was without even a team so the very first thing which i decided to do was was um, hopefully sell some but also definitely acknowledge the fact that i want people to ride them of all different ages and to feedback and to and you know perhaps they might get them again you know and, and guess what they might ask their mates to get on them as well not just because they were that, that one particular person got, got them for nothing but that actually they are decent anyway you know yeah. and, and they'll begin to sell themselves so that was absolutely the beginning you had to do that so as soon as and, and i've decided just to do some short posts on um on Instagram, just some. Oh, here's the decks. This is what it's made out of. Look, this is. I think I had. Um, I think I started off with five designs. I was going to have three. I decided to go with five. So I decided to go with two, which just has Liberalis on them, very similar to uh, to Baker. Just their name written on all over the bottom of it, in two different colorways. And then I always wanted to do different themes. So rather than just sticking with just a couple of themes all the way through for the rest of the rest of their lives. Um, I want to I always want to try and have a new theme. So I went off with um, something called it was called it was called Freedom Face at the time actually, which I changed to cheeky, but um, and that just has sort of like this uh, um, abstract type of face in a circle right in the middle of the in the board with two different colorways on it. One's yellow, one's blue. Uh, the other one was Cross Nations, which tried to it's sort of panels of um, uh, the Canadian flag and then. Uh, a take on the Union, the Union flag, the Union Jack, and and a take on the American Star, um, and that sort of tried to just tell the story of the of the journey of the of Liberalis, really. You know, sort of um, the UK, Canadian, and USA uh, trifecta. Right. Um, and then the other one was uh, something called Urban, which I wanted to have like a a more sort of gritty urban combat sort of style uh, to a deck. So I decided to go with those. And, um, and the, the, do you know what? I was really pleased to see that for the person who wasn't particularly taken with the Freedom Face or the Cheeky, as it's called now, um, they liked the, the Cross Nations one. And, and the one who didn't like the Cross Nations, particularly, you know, they, they would buy Urban and have Urban time and time again. And so, and so you tend to find that 
um, it's it almost like you know when you were talking about the way your deck fits you and you and you really like the feel of it and you're comfortable with it. I, the feedback I sort of get now around even the designs is that they say, you know, this design really suits me. And I feel it, you know, and I and I sort of wear into it, and they'll buy the urban time and time again. Yeah. without necessarily going to a different style but so what i'm trying to do with uh, liberalities is to you know always have a mainstay which would uh, which will always run through and i think it is important when you're trying to get your your brand across that people recognize the name of it but to also have fresh designs coming through um and then sort of limit those so limit those and we probably won't do those again for another five years five year cycle if that makes sense so right. I think we've got 17 different colorways at the minute, um, uh, probably eight, eight or nine different sort of theme designs out the, going out the door at the moment, which is great. So I'm really pleased with that. Um, and then we'll hit into the new year the same. The Liberalist is all about, um, well, eight is a flipping strange name for a start off. And by the way, so I read um, The Shoot King, right? And uh, and one of the very first things he said is in the when he decided he was going to call call his shoe brand Nike in the end, he, he said look you know whatever you do when you do a brand make sure that it's a short sharp snappy name, with no more than two syllables and people will remember it, and I thought oh, bugger I've got <laughs> like five syllables or something with mine, uh, I didn't oh, damn, but but I think what I'm finding is is that. Um, because it's such an unusual name, people are remembering it anyway. Um, because one of the problems I had, Brett, was what 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 do I call it? All the cool names have gone. Yeah, yeah, right. Do you see what I mean? They, yeah. they all have. And I'm right. like, oh, God. You know, and then, uh, so I was just trying to think of um, what would really depict something that was that was free, free of spirit, free mind, free-minded. Um, you know that that sort of generous generous spirit type of thing. What skateboarding in the community is all about, isn't it? And um, so anyway, I decided to go a little bit off kilt and uh, found some off the wall uh, word uh, which is liberalis, which is uh, which does mean all those things. So if you look it up, you know it. it, it so it's all sorts of generous of mind and free free of spirit, freedom. And and I thought it depicted it nicely. And I just think it just then comes down to people becoming more familiar with it and us working hard, you know, in order to be able to explain that journey. Um, I think people are starting to recognise it now, which is great. But it does take a long time, Brett. You know, I'm under no illusion it's going to take take a long time, but um, I'm, I'm really happy with the way it's going. Um, but that's where the name came from. It was just about f freedom, you know, and of course you can't use any of those words because uh, no. they've all gone. They're all, they're all rinsed, <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, so you tend so to find that people are people are recognising it now, which is great. So, so in terms of branding, I've decided just to go with two obvious ones. Um, the one is the name itself, and it's written in a particular way. I've got a sort of distressed version and a clean version, really. And the, the clean ones are used when when we're sponsoring sporting events. Right. And then, um, so for example, um, uh, Matt Bonner is a MMA fighter's cage warrior fighter. He used to be a, a middleweight. Uh, champion up until the, a few months ago and um but he's he, he went down a weight and i was trying to he's, he's just gone back to middleweight again and he's fighting again and so he so, so he's somebody in sort of that sort of free sports mentality who we're we sponsor so he'd be you know he wears liberalis on his kit 
and um, and and but we use the clean version of the word of the name, so it's not distressed. It looks quite clean on on things like that. In fact, a football team that we sponsor over in the um, in the juniors division there, we're, again we use a, a clean version of that. But there's two there's, there's two really is Liberati skateboards, and the other one is the is the cheeky face itself, the the orange and and blue shape again it was do you know what Brett I was looking at that thinking I might not do that again I'll leave it and then suddenly it's just funny really how like a year goes by and people really like it you know so um, I'm continuing to put it onto the clothes and we're continuing to put it onto the decks so I think those are the two things I think I'll just keep on running now uh, for the next uh, next 10 years or so I think wow right okay okay and and so that that's the sort of future plans that you you work on sort of five ten year plan cycles yeah yeah so for five years through five years through because liberalis launched itself in 2017 officially yeah. right um so we're, we're sort of five years through that 10 year plan now um and I, and I kind of see by the way i say liberalis now rather than liberalis and guess what for the first four years i was saying liberalis yeah. <laughs> and and the funny thing is is that we sponsor um there's a podcast called you may not have heard of it it's called the joe rogan experience experience and these three geezers are over in canada who listen to joe rogan and then they sort of sit down and they talk about what they've just listened to right anyway so um i happen upon that i quite like it anyway so i was listening to it and I thought, you know what, we'll, we'll sponsor some of these episodes of theirs. The great lads. Um, and the guy gave us a shout out and he called it Liberalis. And I thought, do you know what, I quite like Liberalis rather than Liberalis. <laughs> so I, I'm going to say Liberalis from now on. But, but it's, it's what it is, mate. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so Liberalis, as far as I'm concerned, uh, uh, we, you know, we are a skateboard business. That's what we are. That's the heart of it. Um, but... Um, we're, you know, going forward, Brett will also get, you know, we also will do what we are getting into other sports as well, you know, and sort of getting into uh, building um, sort of free sports or exports events so we can do more more skateboarding-focused events, do more skateboard fests, do more um, sort of free sport. When I say free sport events, I mean things like uh, uh, snowboarding, for example. Nice. Things like that. Um, so getting into that sort of more extreme sports, wide division is, is part of the deal. But um, but we'll continue with uh, really majoring in, in skateboarding. Sure. Because that's where the heart is. Yeah. Oh, and, and we do make some wheels, by the way, but not as good as Spitfire or Bones. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair yeah. So we, we make 101As. Uh, so okay. I made a European 101As. You're listening to The Skateboarding Show. But you were talking about getting into events there. It's a great way to uh, to lead us into what have we got coming up? I mean, people might listen to this podcast at any point. So uh, this okay. is, we are, what, what are we, like the, uh, is it the 5th? The 5th of December, 2022. Where did the year go, mate? I know, right? Just disappeared, isn't it? But what have, what have, we, what have we got coming up this weekend? So no? what we've got coming up this weekend is a, uh, is a, a skate fest. So, in Ramphorn in Warrington, um, it's a it's a brilliant indoor skate park. 
and they've got a nice restaurant and a shop as well and things like that. It's, it's a 40,000 40, square feet of, of, of skate daydreams, right? And what we're going to do there is, is we're holding a solely skateboard competition and jam. So not everybody has to compete. Everybody everybody gets in uh, through the door. There's, a, there's an entrance fee at the door, but you get all day skating. So normally to get into round one, I think it's about tenner. And you get a couple of hours skating, but you get skating all day. Yeah. Uh, so you get going through the door, pay the entrance, pay the entry fee, and you've got a choice whether or not to compete or not, or to come and enjoy the open skating in between the, uh, the skate competitions. Come and meet some folk. Come uh, maybe get some free gear. Um, uh, watch that skate competition. What we're going to do is Brett is is hold uh, three types of competitions really, but for male and female. Because uh, both male and female are as important as each other within the community. Yeah. Um, we're going to run uh, um, a freestyle skate off first of all. So basically, we'll run it as an open. So uh, boys and girls will will ride at the same time, uh, regardless regardless of uh, their their order sequence. They'll be they'll be uh, riding at the same time. They'll do freestyle first, and then what we'll do, Brett, is we're going to do uh, tricks. So we'll be uh, watching folk getting onto their trails or doing some tricks, maybe do a tray flip, maybe do uh, do whatever trick we feel comfortable with. And it doesn't matter how good you are or if you just started, uh, you know, we'll be we'll be applauding the effort. And I think that's what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be doing uh, free, freestyle tricks. And then we've got um, in the uh, skate city part of, um, of this skate track, we've got uh, uh, quite a wide and, and open area there where you can do all sorts of skating uh, so there's uh, so we'll do a um a uh, a skate off there as well so we'll have sort of three elements to the competition and then what we're, what we're also going to do brett is is uh we, it's uh, there's cash prizes to be had as well as spot prizes so someone goes and does something which we go oh flipping out they absolutely put balls to the wall there and did that you know they might have crashed and burned or something but they're going to get a free hoodie out of it um, so we'll do spot prizes um, and then we've got cash prizes so, for male and female so even though they're going to skate together they've got 150 100 quid 50 quid uh, for second third place for male same for female um, and also we're going to award uh, the best mvp as well as so somebody who um who we thought was the spirit was the spirit of the day um so they'll get a cash cash award of 50 quid as well but Again, there's, uh, there's there's giveaways there as well around uh, uh, skate decks and skate wheels, hoodies, t-shirts. And it's, it's also worth me saying that uh, Birdhouse are also provided some decks, trucks and stuff like that as well, Brett. So uh, there's going to be some giveaways there too. Brilliant. Where can people find out all the details about this? What, what What's the social media? Give us the deets. Uh, uh, deets. So the deets are as follows. So at Liberaliscate, uh, you can find us on Instagram. You'll see the um, the flyer, uh, which says uh, the Christmas skate jam and competition. Nice photograph of Santa on the skateboard. Uh, yeah, and also um, you've got uh, 12 till 6 p.m. prizes, DJ, MC. Um, gives you details of the uh, of that. And so you can find out at Liberaliscate, uh, sorry. And you can also find it at Ramp 1 Skate Park. Uh, ramp on skate park so that's where both of those advertise and of course through the websites as well you've got links so once you get to the ramp one 
landing page. Go to the book now, and what you'll you'll see is you'll see the uh, you'll see the the flyer there. Uh, click on that. Click book now. Uh, go go reserve your space, and then uh, it will probably save you some time trying to get in as well on Saturday. Um, so uh, you can also find the link also on our website, which is uh, liberalisskate.com. So if you're in the Liverpool, Manchester uh, surrounding areas, Saturday, come down, come and have a skate, come see if you can win something, come get involved, come get amongst it. Brett, you're going to do some uh, pretty cool commentating as well. So you know, so I think that's worth a mention. A big round of applause to you because right. you're supporting, you're supporting us, and it's. Uh, Really, I'm really excited by that. Actually, really appreciated. You're going to see some good stuff, I think. And um, I think the one thing that is worth mentioning, Brett, is that uh, you'll get a chance to interview Matt Bonner as well. Um, he's um, he's a, a great supporter of ours. As I said, we've been sponsoring him for a while now, and uh, get to meet him, which would be cool. Um, and we've also got um, a DJ happening as well. So we've got sound engineer, got DJ coming. Is uh, going to be cranking up the tunes. So it should be a really good day. Nice. Nice. Let's do this then. Let's do this. Let's do it. Let's do it. And let's do the next one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. We one of the things I really do want to do, Brett, is is, uh, is, is, is focus on uh, the females as well. Um, they're f- phenomenal skaters. Um, there's a really big scene uh, um, in, in Manchester, Girls Skate UK as well, of course. And uh, so um, they're very kind in terms of uh, supporting us as well. So what we want to do is we want to do an all-female skate event uh, probably in the spring. And the one thing I do want to shout out for everybody's pretty ears upon, we, we are going to do a really large skate fest in the summer. Yes. Uh, which we will get multiple brands down. We'll get uh, some uh, some half pipes down. We'll get some bands in. Uh, those sort of things in the summer as well. So, um, so that that event element of the brass is really important going forward. Sweet, Mark. I think I could probably sit here and talk to you all night, but um, unfortunately, Same it's it's. I think I think we've reached our quota. For Possibly now. have. For now. Yeah. For now, for I think now, there's man. more we could talk about. I I re- I want to know more about Liberalis, and and I love the idea that you're involved in the manufacturing of the boards. Because I think there yeah. is, there's a, there's a lot in that. Um, so yeah, yeah, come back and talk to us again, and and in case you don't get the hint, get to Warrington on Saturday. It's quite simple. It's Warrington. Get to Absolutely. Warrington. Get Warrington. to Round One, and get your skate on and come and turn up. Skateboard competitions are not just to watch on YouTube. They are there for you to come and get involved in. It doesn't matter what you think your ability is. We want you to get involved. We don't want you to be the best there is. We want you to be involved. That's the critical thing. Well said. Couldn't have said it better myself. Right. Brett, I hope that you've enjoyed uh, lying underneath your quilt. (laughs) (laughs) I have put the blanket over my legs to keep me warm. Cost of living, can't afford to put the heating on. None of that paper. There's none of that around here. Sit around a candle and when it gets really cold, we even light it. Right, okay. No, come on, we're not starting. You you got candle, you're lucky. Right, no, we're not starting. Candle, back in my day. Mark. 
Saturday. I'll see you then. Um, Saturday. When, when does it start? If you want to come along and skate, you've got to be there by... The, 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 the doors open at nine. The, the event yeah. itself officially starts 12 till six. Uh, 12 the, till six. Um, yeah, and we'll start commentating on the competition itself from one o'clock. So... Uh, doors open at nine. I would say get there as early as you can. That means that you can have get get yourself used to the ramps. Get some practice. Uh, get some food. Yeah, exactly. Get, get some stuff. It's going to be. Get we've got stands down there, so we'll have our decks on decks on in the shop and hoodies and tees and all that sort of stuff as well. So um, the earlier the better, as far as I'm concerned, to make a day of it. Sweet. Let's do this. Let's do this. Nice one, Mark. Right. Say goodbye. We're going. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Brett. Really, really enjoyed it. You're listening to The Skateboarding Show. You 